Everybody, welcome to After Further Review. Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, and Jeff Taylor is on the board. Hopefully, you could hear the music coming into the show because I couldn't. Wow! Yeah, right there. I just I could barely make it out, but yeah, you had to lead with it. It's like sure. the, the Friday show all becomes how the PowerPoint isn't working. That's okay. I listened to just, it. God. It was and it was high entertainment watching me struggle. It really was. Oh, I think boy. for anyone who uh, just thinks it's funny when people struggle and i know a lot of people that that find humor in that no i'm one um, of them yes exactly so it's a uh, highly entertaining so anyway here we are it is monday it is our second week now our second consecutive week where we're just doing two shows a week where the jury is still out we'll say well, the i jury tell you still yeah, out. I, and i gotta ask you we're a little, a little yeah. inside baseball we're gonna go a little meta here uh, you know, we we did that show, and the, the decision was made unilaterally without my input to uh, to drop down to two shows with a uh, with a deep Again. dive, yeah, with a deep dive every Friday. Um, and you know, I went along with it because it means sure. a lot to you uh, to sure. be right. Uh, so we, we we did it one week, and yeah. and and then you, I get this sort of uh, clearly a couple of scotches in text from you about uh, Jerry's still out, and I thought, uh oh. He heard from Pacific Coast time. Some people out there not digging it, not digging it. So I, I, I'm you just know, responding I, strictly to the uh, to the Facebook messages of it makes me sad. One of our yes. loyal listeners, I think it was Jackie, that said this makes me sad, and I chimed right in. I tried to give her a little nurturing pat on the back, uh, virtually, if you will. Yeah, and uh, saying, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, and that's all I'm saying, John, is that it's okay. Again, everything is is a work in progress. I'm just throwing ideas to you to see if how we can grow the show, and you just sit there I just, and I say just, yes, or I, listen. You've contributed, but but the narrative, of course, is that I just come in like a uh, bull in a china shop and say we're doing this, we're uh, doing that. I just, you know, I don't feel like I'm in the room where it happens that often. So I, you know, I, I'm just uh, with, with all of these decisions, you've by definition been in the room where it happened. We've been very social distant, uh-huh. mind you. And right. uh, so anyway, so you're, okay. so what, do you have any thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on the two show a week? The one with a deep dive, the overall, do you think, are, are you ready to see if it works? Are you, I'm, you know, I'm, how much time does that mean in terms of the, you know, your willingness to, to look at the numbers, <laughs> I've looked at no numbers. Uh, I, I I don't even know to what what you refer. Uh, I am here is what I'm prepared to do. I'm prepared to move forward with my deep dive on the uh, sports year 1941 and the greater year 1941 in uh, in the U.S. of A. Here. So I'll tell you, this is uh, a lot of fun. We have a, a great comment from joe Connolly that says john talk less smile more <laughs> my wife says that to me all the time and uh and so we will uh, get to that john we will get to the promotion of your 1941 yeah by the uh, way deep dive other no need for the uh no need for the the dry erase board anymore jeff because uh matt matt hamill uh just said hamilton check there was a hamilton uh <laughs> reference by the way I, I can't wait for us to have Derek Abbott uh, assistant football coach at the Coast Guard Academy on because you know Alexander Hamilton uh, he's the father of the Coast Guard so yes he is go. yes so he is there's actual uh, important knowledge for you uh, there it is Hamilton talk with John Pelkey now scrolling across the bottom of the screen as well as should. That's, why, 
That's why people should uh, should chime in. Hamilton yep. talk with Johnny as well as, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be an Alexander Hamilton reference or two in your 1941. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying something different. The entire thing has been written uh, as a hip hop song performed by Alexander Hamilton. Wow. So uh, I can't wait. The world is anxious. How does you will turn the world upside down? You know, it's all kinds. It's great. I I think you're I think you're going to love it. May not love it. All right. So there we go. Jeff, your 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 general state of being. You said before the show when we had a little conversation, you said you're doing great. I am doing doing great. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm loving life. All right. Great. So what does that mean? What does great mean besides loving life? Every element of your life is lovable at this point in time and problem free. Yeah, I uh, no work stress because no work. True. A lot of time with the family. Uh, The government has made it. uh, I can barely pay my bills, but I can. So I'm happy. I'm good. I'm going to I'm going to roll with it. Good man. Good man. Only way to look at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's uh, let's go with our progressive trivia. We'll start with that. There's a lot of baseball talk, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls and and all of you out there. Um, there's a lot of baseball talk right now in terms of testing, in terms of positive results, in terms of just a weekend of actual sports. And we will get to that. And to continue that theme, which I've given Joe Candelora a hard time about before, theming too many things with progressives. I'm doing that exact thing we are going to do. All right. Major League Baseball. All right. That's, that's fine theming. It's just when, you know, when the game on television is the Phillies and Bryce Harper's just hit a home run and then you do a, an inning break progressive that's Bryce Harper. We don't want it to be that on the nose, Mark. Yeah. That's what we're trying to avoid. We are trying to avoid that. We don't want it to be too on the nose, but it is thematically consistent with most of the rest of the show. First well, set of clues coming up. Well, let me let me say this. Uh, if we're if we're going to be a democracy here, uh, I vote I vote yes on the theming. So you're j- exactly where the country is right now. 50-50, right down right. the middle. There it is. And, and it. John and I are going to get in a Twitter war later. Absolutely. Very good. And this Very is good. Florida. So once again, it wouldn't really matter what the subject was. We would disagree. Yep. You'll fight. You'll fight about it right? one way or the other. Yep, it absolutely. doesn't matter. Welcome 15 plus seasons. We know what that means. <laughs> Between 15 and 20. In six different years, he led the league in errors for his position. Interesting. Found that to be very interesting. Last 13 years of his career. Look at that. Hit wow. 330. Not many, not many guys have done that. Not many guys. Have, that, that's already a, a, a seriously uh, insightful clue. Uh, in terms of and and it also is highly risky for me if I want no one to be able to guess in the first four. But okay. I love it anyway. And over a hundred at bats in the postseason for this guy, his average is three fifteen plus. So it's higher than three fifteen. It's in the that general vicinity. So there right. it is. Fifteen plus season, six different years, led the league in errors for his position. Last thirteen years of his career, he hit three thirty. And over 100 at-bats in the postseason for this guy with an average of 315-plus. So some good, some bad in those clues. And uh, and there it is. All right. That's All right. It. That's it. So any guesses? We have any guesses? I put a guess down, but it's wrong. Okay. I All typed right, it great. in too quickly, and then I went, ah, that's wrong, but whatever. Let's get it All right. Started. So let's, let's talk about baseball. Obviously, in the news right now is the fact that there is uh, how many Marlins, John? How many Marlins have tested positive? Uh, one thousand three hundred and seven, really which, by the way, is their uh, that's, 
That's their average daily attendance at games as well. So unbelievable that so many people, 14, 14 people in the organization. I believe it's nine players and five, a uh, couple of them are coaches. And I believe uh, what other team personnel. So at, at this point at two ten, as we are uh, recording this, if you're listening to the podcast, it's up to 14 people, but that's climbed from nine to 14 since I've been up this morning. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, positive results uh, yesterday, I believe, or late yesterday uh, before they uh, before they traveled to their next destination. Obviously, their game tonight is canceled. The Phillies and the Yankees game is canceled as well. So two games have been canceled. Fourteen uh, people, players and staff and coaches have tested positive for the Marlins. Right. And they tested positive uh, around a, a Marlins Phillies game, which is why the Phillies Yankees is canceled because we're awaiting the tests to see if any of the right. Phillies uh, have tested positive. And then the Orioles were scheduled to play the Marlins. And that has, of course, uh, been canceled. And uh, uh, I hate to jump in here, Mark, but I just have to do this. This comes back to something that we all three of us have said on this show since the, the life of the show, which is that the testing and the turnaround on testing is the most per, uh important thing and it seems as though they don't really have a great handle on that right yet well the whole country doesn't have a great handle on right. it at the moment and it's and it's a kind of a tough position for sports in general and, and major league baseball specifically is that emmy is that emmy? Yeah, my dog so my my wife's out of town so it's me and i gotta keep the door open or the dogs will just bark at it so yeah there it is Sorry. so there they are there they are and uh so the thing is is baseball's in a tough spot because they are if they do get the kind of testing that you're talking about, John, that makes things work, that makes things much more efficient, that can handle these kinds of problems quickly and uh, and and be able to move on with the schedule with not too much of a blip or too much of an interruption, that kind of testing doesn't really exist in the country. Right. And so for, for, for sports to get their hands on it first is a little unseemly at best that was a that was a big area of discussion down here in orlando recently with um equity performers who are having a, a an ongoing dialogue with disney but uh something that came up early was wow are the nba are these guys getting all these tests that disney can't give to their performers and or have they taken um uh, has everyone else taken a back seat and we're assured that that's not the case is that the the, the league is actually paying uh, a company to do that for them uh, as well. So to do these, the testing, are, the, should these say. are the obvious issues going forward. And Jeff, we'll have you chime in in just a second. But these are the obvious issues going forward is what what does this what does it mean? You know, that's the biggest question. The biggest issue is what does this mean going forward in terms of the season? What are the odds that we're going to do a full 60 games? All kinds of questions in terms of how does baseball keep moving forward with these kind of blips and your point, John is the, the best thing that could happen for major league baseball is that uh, they find out that someone uh, did not do the correct protocols. And didn't so therefore the protocol. yeah, didn't follow the protocols. Therefore, in terms of within the protocols that major league baseball is set up, this hasn't, it, there hasn't been a leak. There hasn't been a, you know, a, a um, an area that is unprotected, if you will. Right. And the other thing, John, and I, I'd love you to comment and Jeff on this one, too, is that the the other possible upside is that if they do handle this relatively deftly, if it's two games and they're able to make them up easily and they're able to get Marlins back on the field at some point in time 
and they are going to learn as they go. This is all this is all a prototype. Everything from here on out is a is a prototype. Mm-hmm. It, it sets it sets the example. Um, it sets the precedent. Everything that Washington did set the precedent for for presidents. And that's what's happening here. And there, if they handle it well, John, then I think that gives them an extra boost as well. Thinking, all right, you know, we're going to be able to roll with this thing as unpredictable yeah. as it is. Yeah, that that said, I mean, they really do sort of sit on the precipice because if they can't handle this and all reports are that they were not really prepared for this level of an outbreak. Now, I don't again, we, we've been talking about this since back in April and, you know, May about the fact that um there were going to be positive tests. That's just the way it's going to be. I don't, I, the numbers are, are a bit staggering. And again, Jeff pointing out before the show, maybe some of them are false positives. We know the testing isn't, isn't necessarily uh, where it needs to be clearly, but even if it's half that many, seven people, um, I think is more than any of us were thinking. If they can navigate through this, uh, then yes, absolutely. That'll be a huge positive. The, um, the questions beyond just uh, the testing and everything is the how many games they lose and the ability to make up those games in this truncated schedule because you don't have a lot of off days. Um, they are hesitant to play double headers, but they may have no choice. So if this stretches into four and five games in a season with only 60 games, when the difference between the first and second place teams in 162 games can be two or three games. You can't afford to start losing games. And everybody's like, hey, it's the Marlins. Who cares? They're not going to challenge for anything anyway, which you don't know in a 60-game season. But there are a lot of things moving forward. Again, moving pieces that I don't think they expected because it's involving, and if we have positive tests for other teams as well, it's involving a lot more people than they ever thought it would. No, it's going to be very, very tough to to, to handle this one relatively deftly and it may end up uh, we may end up losing a game or two overall that can't be made up who knows but if they if they even if they wrestle uh you know something that is neutral out of this out of a pretty bad situation if they move forward maybe and and it's just not but even if they if they in other words if they wrestle a stalemate from a defeat <laughs> which Lafayette did in that in that one battle um, that we that is referred to with Charles Lee as the uh, the general. That's Monmouth, the Battle of Monmouth. Monmouth, the Battle of Monmouth. Charles been, Lee did not handle that well. He'd have been a hell of a history teacher. All right, we're going to study that uh, that one battle. You know the one, uh, sir. So Jeff, what what do you think? Which, what which do you battle think would that be? You know, the the battle, of, battle of Monmouth. The, I, I, the, I feel like Charles Lee didn't handle it well. I, he I, didn't I, handle I, it well. He did not handle it well. <laughs> he did not. I, I wonder, you know, Jimmy Johnson came out pretty heavily upset after he was falsely tested positive and missed a NASCAR race. Juan Soto, who I pay attention to because he's the best player, position player on my favorite team, uh, took a test that wasn't the same test. I guess they're doing the the uh, the. Is it a blood test that they're doing the the Major League Baseball? And there's a saliva test that gives you much quicker, like a 20 minute turnaround uh, test. He took a different test the same day and was negative, took that same test that he took the the same day again and tested negative. So I wonder, obviously, if I, I feel like it's going to be one or the other. It's not going to be a couple of false positives. And then uh, uh, somebody some of the guys have 
the virus. I think it'll either be all false positives or or none. I'm 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 feeling like the uh, we are talking about the testing, correct? Yeah. Why do you Why do you feel like it's an all or nothing option? I, because I feel like if if seven of the guys have coronavirus, and I think it's highly likely that it's spreading throughout the the dugout, the stands, wherever they're where the, wherever they are, and then most likely, I feel like I feel like if if they're if somebody tested positive and it's a positive positive, that they do have a problem. Wow. So, wow. I I mean, I I, got to say, I mean, the the idea that not one of those would be an actual positive test just never would creep. I I wonder, though, uh, if if it's possible that they're coming with false positives, then I feel like 14 isn't that crazy a number of false positives. If the tests are are not are not working properly, I feel like it's more likely that that on a false positive level, they're likely to uh, be all false positives because if if they if they're if they're not, then they then it's the virus is sweeping through an MLB team, which doesn't surprise me. What would surprise me, though, is if the Phillies now start testing positive, because I feel like this the sport is so social distance on its own that uh, it's likely that they can contain it to a team, which would be a, a better, a good sign, I guess, as well. I think the protocols are already sort of, if not not being followed, they're sort of bending them. A little oh, bit. There's, my, still, my, there's a lot of high fives out there. There's there's a lot of stuff that's happening. Maskless guys not wearing masks in the in the dugout for exactly. Period. Guys like, getting guys getting thrown out of games for uh, being completely social distance, and then the manager and the umpire deciding that they need to mask up before they have an argument, which I which I thought was pretty awesome. It's very funny. <laughs> so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, especially with what happened with in regards to the Phillies tests to your point, Jeff, I don't know. I don't the, the I mean, it's a weird, it's an interesting theory that it's either all fa- false positives or, you know, baseball's essentially. Fucked. Yeah. I mean, that's sort the of Marlins the, definitely are. I mean, the, if, if it's all, if it's all positives, if 14 people tested positive, the Marlins are in big trouble because I doubt it's just a bunch of guys sitting at the end of the bench that weren't, it's not the bullpen. It's not this thing. It's it's probably some of their stars, and they're in trouble. But the at least the good news is this: that the Marlins this year, literally, there's probably only five teams this year, maybe four, that are truly tanking, that are truly pl- doing the Astros uh, model, and one of them is the Marlins. And so, if this gives them an opportunity to, you know, kind of dredge up some of those thirty other players on the rosters out of the 60 man and go into the go into the back 30 if you will to really get them some development time especially considering there's no development time for any prospects this year because there are no minor leagues so why not get them some major league baseball you know developing time and um truly tank in an honest to god all-american way yes <laughs> but you know the the but again the issue is in a 60 game season you just can't afford to to not have games played and with you the can't. with the protocol which is you have to uh have two negative tests in a 48 hour period so it means we were talking before about they think they might cancel that second game i think they're going to have to cancel that second game because in, if they're staying inside their protocol unless they they can roll uh, 14 guys in and, and they feel comfortable that those guys are safe. I, I don't I don't know that they have 14 guys that are that are protocol ready. 
I think I'm thinking the the thought on that is though, and and again, I may have gotten this wrong. I think that the excuse me, the Phillies were were actually tested last night, so they could test them again today. Oh, and okay. if they have that quick, if they have that quick turnaround on it, and I think that's why it's kind of in limbo at this point in time. But and and that's the other thing with the testing. Everywhere that we're seeing um, with the testing, there is. Um, and I've heard this in the NBA as well. There, there, there's not a consistency to when you're getting your test results. They're getting, they're improving on it, but there can be to, to, to the point where we think, oh, you can get them within a 24 hour period that they don't always get them in that period. No, that Juan Soto has not gotten back his second yeah. test yet. So it's, uh, it's definitely not that fast. We're finding out. All right, so we have some guesses for our progressive trivia. Bill Buckner is incorrect. Derek Jeter is incorrect as well all right let's go to our next set of progressive clues before we get to some parlor game type action for uh, major league baseball we we it's not gonna matter you, you say over. you say you hate parlor games john and then you and then you love them and then you love them uh, it's it, it john just is able to create a narrative you know 90 and then not abide by it at all 90 percent works 90 percent of population hates parlor games until they start playing them and they remember how fun they are Exactly. We'll get to that in a second once after we get to our next set of clues for our progressive trivia. Here we go. So those are the first four clues for a 15 plus seasons in a six different years. There were uh, in his career. He led the league in errors for his position. Last 13 years of his career, he hit 330 over 100 at bats in the postseason with an average of 315 plus. Next um, clues coming up in 17 different years was in the top five in errors for his position. Yet he's an MVP winner. That's funny. That's down there between ages 30 and 35 averaged 12 triples a year. How about that? As a, as a player is supposedly, you know, in his declining years, certainly uh, in terms of running the bases between ages 30 and 35, averaged 12 triples a year and is a 10 plus 10 time plus gold glove winner. Now, how do you square all that stuff? Gosh, it's gosh, it's got to be tough. It's got to be frustrating to figure this one out. So that's what it is, folks. Um, these last four clues in 17 different years was in the top five in errors for his position. Between the ages of 30 and 35, average 12 triples a year, 10 plus, 10 time plus gold glove winner and an MVP winner as well. And those are the first four clues. 15 plus seasons, six different years. He led the league in errors for his position. Last 13 years of his career, hit 330. Over 100 at bats in the postseason with an average of 315 plus. So there it is. Any guesses, gents? I sent you a couple. It is not. It is not Pudge Rodriguez, and it is not Joe DiMaggio. All right, when you were saying starring yeah. role in your deep dive on, he Bible. really will. He will have a starring role in that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, no all right, uh, we'll get to that. And I have a great question for you to uh, wrap up when we when we do promote your deep dive. Okay. In the year nineteen forty one, I have a question for you. I don't know if it'll it, it's too, it might be too annoying because it might be too parlor game esque. Okay. You. Speaking of parlor games, let's do that with baseball. I just have two questions. I want you guys to just throw out who you really legitimately think is going to win the World Series and and why. 
And uh, and it could just be one sentence of a why. And then who you think will be the most surprising, because we know there's going to be a handful, maybe not a handful, but maybe three or four teams that are like, what? They made the playoffs because of this expanded um, playoff format. So who do you think is your most surprising playoff um, team that, you know, sneaks in or whatever it is uh, at the end of the season? So let's start with World Series winner, Johnny. Uh, well, I'm just going to go out on a limb. We talked about the Dodgers early on, and we, we we all thought, you know, if you want to go chalk, you go Dodgers Yankees. But I'm going to stay away from that because I don't like either of them, and plus, I don't I don't actually think that I feel that they're going to be your winning teams. Uh, I like the Atlanta Braves. I think the Atlanta Braves are perfectly positioned in a short season to win it all. So that's that's who I'm going to I go out on a limb. I agree with you completely. And we yeah. came to these decisions, folks, completely independent of yeah. one another. We did. Yep. And I agree. I think the Braves are in great shape and they've they've they're off to a nice start. They are in position, John, I think to to win this thing. And if you can re- if you recall, the only other time they won a World Series in Atlanta was during a strike shortened season. Right. So yeah. it, it, it might be their thing. You know, short seasons. It's like the Redskins. It's like the Washington Redskins. Give it's us the a Washington strike. football team. The Good Washington Lord. football team was the Redskins at the time. Oh, now, now is that, how is that going to work? Uh, they vacate all titles. <laughs> For the good of social justice. Uh, They vacate them. Wow. Yes, they vacate them. That's just nuts. No, I mean, mean, we're still going to refer to them as the Redskins when we talk about any year prior to 2020, correct? Just like we refer to the Washington Bullets that way. Does that change history and make the Bills a Super Bowl winning team? (sighs) You know what? John Elway's claiming an extra one, but, you know, whatever. Did the Bills? Did the Redskins beat the Bills? They didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they did. did. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. They were right yeah, after yeah, ninety-one, yeah. January ninety-two. Thurman yeah. Thomas uh, without the helmet. That was that game. Yes. 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 So, uh, all right. So, so there. So there you go. I think it's the Braves as well. Who do you think, Jeff? The I I'm picking a dark horse here. I think it's going to be the Reds, and the reason I think that is because wow. they have a good team. They added a guy who's been there in Mustakis. And I think that uh, they've got the energy. I think that's going to be big in a short season is the, the having that like chemistry slash energy. So I'm going with the Reds. You're talking winning the World Series. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. I think they All were right. prepared. I think they were, I think they were prepared to do so outside of the shortened season as well. Yeah. I think I think they were a team to be to be dealt with. They've got a great lineup. They've got some decent pitching. And uh, they 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 look like they've they're prime. Uh, the funny thing is that who I really think is going to win the World Series is either the Dodgers or the Nationals because they have the best pitching, and I think the pitching is going to really matter this season. So that's who I would go with. The Yankees, if they can beat everybody ten to nine, are are going to be great. But I think the Yankees are are, are I don't think their rotation is going to be able to pull it off. And again, I think the the best bullpen is going to win this thing. And I don't necessarily think the best rotation is going to win this thing. I think it's the best bullpen because you, it's so up in the air. And you're looking at bad starting pitching thus far. Bullpen, so. Bullpens are different now than they were yesterday because they have to pitch to three batters. So I think what is a good bullpen is uh, I, don't, I don't know that we know who has a good bullpen right now. 
because they've got guys who they've got those guys that came in for one guy. They had a lefty specialist. That guy's no longer a, nece- a necessity in a in a bullpen. I like Joe Connolly said the Astros. He obviously didn't get the Verlander news. Yeah, that, I, I would. You know, I'd be on top of them. By the way, for one for the it's Verlander. just a forearm strain. Yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> just a forearm strain, guys. I, I think when you need Tommy Johns, it could be construed as a forearm strain. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them without him. Yes. I mean, they'll they'll still challenge because it's still a great lineup, and they're. I, they've I think they've got, got a great plus staff. and they got a plus ten run differential, I believe, already in this on the season. So they're another team. To Jeff's point, if they if they're beating a lot of teams seven to two, seven to three. Yeah, seven to five. I mean, they, 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 the Astros lost the World Series with, and they now they've lost their two best pitchers. I just don't see. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. What, what was the second question, Mark? All right, our second question for our parlor game. So we've got two Braves and a Reds winning the World Series. Is who's going to be the most surprising playoff team? Who is a a team that normally people would have thought, you know, didn't really have much of a shot. At even the the last wild card, the second wild card in either league, who's going to be the most surprising one of those teams that sneak in at maybe, you know, twenty eight and thirty two type thing? Wow, I you know it's funny because I when I was when you said most surprising, I wasn't going to go with a team with it was that surprising. I was going to go with the Rays actually as a team that has a chance to to challenge. Um, um, but if if you're asking me who's gonna who's going to step up. Who would not otherwise be thought of? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, because I'm looking at you know Oakland, but they're they're not that surprising. No, no, um, no. They won 95 games last year or something. Yeah, like I'm just trying to run through who. I don't know in a 60 game season. Oddly, I don't know that I, I I to 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 try to guess what what the surprise teams uh maybe it, let's say it won't be the Marlins can can I can I can I get that's, off the Marlins that's who I'm going to go anyway, with you're going to go with the Marlins yeah. all right i think He's, the Derek Jeter chemistry is going to overcome lack of uh a lack of talent. stardom yeah or available players due to illness. Well, that's I mean, now now they're like three games. Well, that's you know, still against, up in the air. I'm so three games dog against the virus at this point. So I don't I don't know that I feel that way. Uh I don't just to throw somebody out who possibly could surprise everybody. I I got nothing. I really don't. I I, I don't because guess who I'm going with. San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants. Did you right. see what they did against the Dodgers after after getting trashed nineteen to one in the first two games? Yeah, they they pulled off a, a they pulled off a, a you know a split in the series, Johnny. Talk about getting talk about, you know, resting a stalemate from certain defeat. Yeah. Did you just want me to go with the Orioles? Because honestly, I, you know, as excited no, I as mean, I am that it's this late in the season, frankly, yeah. and they're losing <laughs> their division. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here, which I don't think is that big. It's a very <laughs> thick limb. It's almost the size of a regular. It's a Redwood limb. Gabe Ooh. Kapler will never win a World Series. Ooh, ever. No, I'm just saying make make the playoffs. Oh, OK, OK. Well, it's the most surprising team to make the playoffs. That's what this what the second question. <laughs> At this is. point, that could be argued too, right? I don't think he has yet. You know, you know the thing about Gabe Kapler, though. And we've talked about this. Philly fans will agree they were leading their division after eighty games in the last two years. His only other two years as as a manager of a major league team. 
So maybe maybe there's something there about a fast start for the guy, and it might, you know, they they started fading in August in two years ago, and then last year they started really fading in September. It could be argued so, that a good manager would have won, would have made the playoffs and gone deep in the playoffs with those two teams, though. I I don't know because the first team that first year people gave him a lot of credit for uh, helping them to I think overachieve. I think that was the feeling among people that watched the Phillies on a regular basis, that they were overachieving, that they really had no business being in the pennant race that late. Now, last year, with the addition of Harper and the like, um, you know, but they, they also were playing very well until McCutcheon in center field got hurt and was out for the rest of the year. And, and he was a spark plug for that team. He really was. And um, they were never the same after he left. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I know Gabe Kapler is not does not have a stellar reputation among folks as a major league baseball manager, but I will say already he's better than Lehman Bennett in football. I, oh my or God. I or watched, Marion Campbell. I liked watching those first uh couple Giants Dodgers games though, because I saw that he was shifting guys in the bullpen, which is new, which I thought was awesome. He had guys shifting to the left against the righty and shifting to the right against the lefty. I thought it was interesting. The guys in the bullpen. Maybe it'll work. Who All right, I've thought of a surprise team. All right, John. Chicago White Sox. All right, I like that one. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. They have a stellar young rotation. And yeah, they, they got a good been... young rotation. It's questionable. It, they're, now, they're not going to outscore people, probably. They're not going to be that. But I, they're very solid in a division that seems to like to just juggle who wins the division around uh, as of late. So I'll go with the Chicago White Sox. And... They, they have the best shortstop in the game. I, I mean that that that's uh that's it's hard to say, but I believe that Tim Anderson is the is the best offensive and defensive shortstop in the game. Really? Yeah, and nobody right. knows who he is because he plays with the White Sox. Yeah, and and there was some Lucas Giolito news, but I don't remember exactly what it was. He's still going to play this year, right? Because he's as far as I know. We just had our our draft, our rotisserie draft on Saturday, so uh, oh, getting in the game early, he's, huh? He's on a roster. Yeah. No, I mean this this is uh usually is a usually is at the end of the first week of the season is for the uh for baseball and it's it's a it's an auction. So yeah. it's a little bit different than the normal Normally uh, Mark flies out to draft. Vegas for this. It's like a big deal with he and uh, generally the listeners of After Further Review. I'm surprised you surprised you didn't have a live draft show. They they suggested it. They suggested it. Live and I the said show? it would have been a lot more entertaining than our normal show. So well, that was yet another we set mistake. the bar low, though. Yes, yes. Now, apparently, so, your family, like, uh, what's with that Friday show where you guys just read Wikipedia? <laughs> we don't do that, by the way. Reading two books on 41. I listened last night to game uh, four of the 41 series yeah, while I was exactly. going to bed. It, the radio it, broadcast with Red Barber. It's a multimedia research project it for is. John and I. It's not just Wikipedia. I'm I'm sure there might be well, I don't even know if, if I used it to maybe transition from one point to another, maybe a, a an idea that Wikipedia had. I may have done something like that and sprinkled that in there, but that is not you know, the the crux of the research is in articles, in books, in videos, in you know, um multi Referenced checkpoints, cross-checking. Right. It, it's it's all about the cross. Like a research paper. It is. It's 
far so it's so effortful i'm really it really it's so surprising that we're doing this John. Uh, yes no i don't what why you came it, up with this idea you know it's like I, it would be fun to do this once because i had a trivia question well, what 30 for 30 would you like to see yeah and then mark's yeah. like hey here's an idea hey you got all harry carry we could do that just all right get on the winglopedia <laughs> i think i'm so becoming more and more harry yeah uh Mr. Callis, as I said, almost Harry Callis. And then you said Harry, Mr. Callis, which makes even less sense. Well, Harry, Harry Callis was the uh, announcer for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, for the Phillies, yeah. Voice yeah. of NFL Films. Did yeah. I mean, Harry Callis did everything. Um, no, he did. He, he, this he week was in a baseball. Major, major presence. Major vocal think, presence. Yeah, I think after... Uh, after Mel Allen was not doing it anymore, Harry Callis took over. He's just one of those voices. He's one of those ubiquitous voices from our childhood where he did every sport. Harry and Callis. And it, I always got those guys confused. Harry Carey and Harry Callis? Well, in terms of just the name, like, what's his actual name? What's the guy's actual name? Is it Callis? Is it Carey? I forget. Wow. It was tough for me. It was tough. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. It was, it gotta was be honest, hard, Mark. It was a hard thing to keep well, those two guys. Stay with uh, me here. Man. Woman. Camera, come on, you can do this. Just, um, we'll see how well you do. Person, <laughs> they, Harry Carey and Harry Callis. They come sound, on. they sound the same on the phone. They, Harry Carey, Harry Callis. Come on now. Very easy to get confused, man. I know you're just so disappointed. Well, it's, it, it's announcers. Little... Are, announcers are more important to you than they are me. Oh, they they, re- they really are. No, I don't. Announcers aren't particularly important. They're, to me. they're very important to you. John. I am a radio. I, I love listening to sports on the radio. So announcers no, mean me too. Everything. I mean, no, yeah, I, I love Miller announcers, and... but yeah, yeah. I mean, I do love. I love good, great they voices. Mean more to me. What they just mean? mean more to you. You, you just. You, they just. They're just more. Because I can tell Harry Carey from <laughs> Harry Callis, they mean more than me. Good That's lord! Just one Maybe example. Just because of, you're more confused than I am, they well, mean more to me. The case. That's right. The case. That's it. You're just more confused. Right, right. But I think I wouldn't be confused in something that meant more to me. That's all I'm saying. Oh if God. if if announcers meant as much to me as they do you, I might be like confused. <laughs> this is the only thing much. I'm throwing out. I just don't mean that much to me. I think they, they do. Really they really do. Which is very important to you. Let's go. I used to finals. argue. I used to argue with the ESPN club like everybody else when people would bitch and moan about not getting the audio from their NFL game. Yes. It's like, who yes. the hell cares? These people aren't saying anything you can't figure out anyway. Most sports bars I grew up with, you, you didn't hear the game. They played, you know, the jukebox was on and you listen to music. So ah, announcers don't mean that much to me. You're just confused. <laughs> You're confused. Both Both can be true, John. Those are two thoughts I am not keeping in my head at the same time. All right. Next set of clues for our progressive trivia. We'll review the first set as well. Let's see if we can uh, get to this. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. All right. For those of you listening on the podcast, we're in PowerPoint hell once again. Yeah, we are. Just did. Go ahead. You, you, you know, you can chime in when I'm struggling with this. You can chime in with. I know, but you don't have an inner monologue. You literally you. talk your way through well, it. It's, well, it's as opposed to having an inner monologue. You're just you're rambling on. I mean, oh, here it is. You know, I'm going to push this. Right, I'm just trying to fill the, the dead air. I'm, there's this dead air just right now. The dead air. It's, it's a, 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 it's a timely pause. I'm we're building dramatic tension, Mark. Oh, my God. Boy. Oh, boy. That's it's the opposite of dramatic tension. 
All right. So here we go. First four clues for progressive trivia. If you're listening and if you're watching 15 plus seasons in six different years, this guy led the league in errors for his position. It's not Miguel Cabrera, by the way. That's the last guess of Jeff's last 13 years of his career. He hit 330 over 100 at bats in the postseason with an average of 315 plus 17 different years was in the top five in errors. For his position, he's an MVP winner between the ages of 30 and 35, averaged 12 triples a year, and is a 10-time-plus gold glove winner. The heck? Wow. He's a Hall of Famer, won two World Series, 11 years apart, hitting 362, second all-time in career putouts for his position, and second all-time in career assists for his position. So in the end, a, a great fielder, just this, these weird statistics for errors and obviously a great hitter, won a couple of world series, hall of famer, won an MVP. I think at this point in time, 11 years apart, that's pretty specific. That's pretty specific. All right. So, uh, good luck to everyone who is playing progressive trivia. What do we got here? Let's see Deckerhoff. All right. We're talking about Gene Deckerhoff. Talking about all the announcers. See, that's the thing. That's a good topic. That, that's I a topic was, you wanted to bring up, John, at one point in time. Was I, like best, I was trolling best Joe Connolly, who said Mick Hubert is the best college radio voice ever. And I said Deckerhoff is better. Now, Gene Deckerhoff's friend of After Further Review. Mark and I have interviewed him a couple of times. And he's one of my favorite people. But that statement is uh, pointedly incorrect. <laughs> that Gene Deckerhoff is better? Yeah, yeah, he's not better than Mick Hubert. Oh, of Mick course Hubert's better. No, 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 no. I said I was trying. Gene Deckerhoff is, is, is very versatile. He can do NFL really well. He, can he just do, said best college football announcer on radio. That but was I'm it. saying he, he is a versatile guy. It's not and the so point. It's not the versatility. point. Once again, you're making up your own rules. Please, please, member of the Trump administration, answer the question that you have been asked. And, and what that is question, the question is, who, who is the better college football on radio announcer? And I've answered that by saying he's a versatile announcer as well. That plays into his ability to be the best college announcer out there. Oh, my God. Honestly. Yeah. What time well, is your press briefing tonight, Kaylee? That's part. Is it? Is oh, it my not, God. Did, did I not answer the question? I said, it no, is Gene no. The question is, it is Gene Deckerhoff. OK. And I'm giving you, you a reason. Unlike the- you, unlike you, you have not given any reason except that you're you're a homer. The only I've given you I mean, a reason you why ask, I haven't been able that. to ask you, you. No one's asked me a question. I asked you, you a simple in. question. All right. You I'll drop a in. bomb on this. Mark Daniels is better than Mick Hubert. There you go. There you go. <laughs> First and 10 for, for the Knights. <laughs> Knights are two games over 500. Coach looks in signaling in the play. Oh, let's hear it, night fans. Good there Lord. There you go. Man, there you go. there's no excitement. No excitement. And I go way back with Mark Daniels. I knew him in college. You do go way back. I yeah. go pretty far back with him, too. With I, would de- I would definitely drop him below both Hubert and Deckerhoff. As a as a broadcaster, I like Gene Deckerhoff a lot, but I do have to admit the one thing that that that, and and it's just it's one of those things is that uh, we need a touchdown. 
We've got to get some interceptions. No, Gene, you're a a 79-year-old man who has to be carried to your chair. There's no chance in hell that you will pick up any interceptions or get a touchdown. That bothers me. But don't you think it would bother you less if if he was your guy? It It bothers you because it's the biggest rival out there. It would still bother me, though. I can honestly say it would still bother me if if he did it. That's that's just a pet peeve for broadcasters. It's always funny when they have a new color analyst for, like, the NFL, and it's a guy who played his whole career with the Packers, and at some point, during the broadcast, what we really need to do, and that always makes me laugh because I just think he's just going to get eviscerated in the post-game meeting. Maybe lose his gig. And you know, Mark, makes a guy like me happy. I, yes. I, I, when, I, every, when everyone in the world has lost their I delight game, in the suffering of others. I do. I admit yes. it. Yes, I it do. I admit it. Yes, you do. You do. Like, he, they just gave you $4.1 million a year, and you can't forget, remember you don't play for that team? Good Lord. The world coming to. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're coming to. You're you're becoming, you know, get-off-my-lawn guy. I really am, yes. You I really am becoming get-off-my-lawn guy. And I've always yeah. sort of been get-off-my-lawn guy, so it's not a long trip for me. Do no. they belong on your lawn? I mean, do they, should, do they need to be on your lawn? Well, it, hell, they have, couldn't do anything to my lawn. I have get on your lawn guys back all the way through. I feel like there's no reason for those kids to be on that lawn. They really shouldn't right. be on your lawn. No. Right. No, it's true. It's, it's a liability true. issue. There's, there's so many I'm reasons. Concerned about the children's safety. Why do you hate children? And are you not concerned about their safety? Non get off of my lawn guy. <laughs> right, exactly. I would argue that the greatest danger our children face today, other than the coronavirus in the, in the schools, is non get off of my lawn guy. Well, I agree. Oh, non get off of my lawn guy. Yes, because he's too the... permissive. Because because he just you know the, yeah, the do whatever you today grows up. They can just do whatever they want. They're spoiled right. rotten. Yeah, and they could hurt themselves. They need to be rigidly kept in place. Yep, yep. And I'd have been that, a great that, parent. You you would have been a great. No, parent. my God, are you kidding me? You would have been a great parent, Johnny. No, your any, kids any, would any love child, you. Listen, your any kids ch- would love you. Any child that would have would be brought up with me would deserve like disaster pay. I mean, that's like you get you get a you get a bump up like those guys who deep sea divers around oil rigs. You got to be a child. Please, given my proclivities, oof, kid wouldn't have stood a chance. So who would who would uh, pay that out? Who would be the entity that would pay out uh, hazard pay for children of certain parents that are deemed just it's not going to work very well? Well, I'm a tax and spend liberal, so that should just be the, the, the American taxpayer. So, so, okay, and handled by the federal government and the state yes, government, local yes. government. Just I, the more bureaucracy. governments, the better. The more Full governments, the better. I want there to be federal. I want there to be world government, federal government, state, right. county, city, street. Now, uh, so what are they monitoring you twenty four seven or twenty four seven? No, they're just 24/7. taking the kids' word for it. It's the Department of Bad Dads, Children of Bad Dads. But see, yeah. according to John, those kids would not think he's a bad dad because he's going to let them get away with anything. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna spoil them rotten, so they're gonna say everything nice about their dad. It's well, then it's, he has no problem. He, his kids get no payouts. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. They don't know better. Their kids. They think this is this is what their 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 idea of adulthood is supposed to look like, and we all know that's that's really not what you want to teach your kids. Just right. as I am the before picture for a gym ad, I am the never picture for like a fatherhood ad. Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know, John. Uh, you, could you, be, you could easily be TV's favorite dad. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you well, could play a dad on TV. Maybe not. I could play a life. dad. I, I, well, it's, I'm a horrible, horrible film and ta- television actor. So I could, I could be Again. a <laughs> terrible dad on, on TV. No, I'm like Jim Belushi bad. No. He's you know? Really, he's really not. He sets the bar really low. That's what he does, as we all know. And uh, then just he doesn't prefer to be on camera. I will say that's the truth. <laughs> He doesn't like looking at himself. And and now I've me, my unilateral decision has forced him to look at himself for an hour and a half twice a week now. And it was three times, John. So, I mean, on another show where I have to look at myself on Sunday nights as well. That's right. Yeah. The Joe's NYC bar. Yeah. So I'm just I'm staring at myself way too much. No, way more than you have prior prior to COVID. Nobody wants that. I remember right, so, I remember when I was a young and attractive man. And now, honestly, I, I, I look like I've been working in some Welsh mine for two decades. No, think of all the Welsh guys that have come. You know, you know, it's you know, Tom Jones and Richard Burton. These That's are, true. These are, these are manly men, John. Tell what are, me. What That's are true. The, what are they Good looking in manly men? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of mining in Wales. Are okay. you kidding me? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get down there mining the iron ore so the man can then have you shopping at the company those, store. Those Good Welsh Lord. mines built the, the They really Empire. did. They the built the English Empire. Empire. Uh, so the sun never set on the Welsh miners' work. That's nope, all I'm saying. Never did. Never, never did. did. Not once. All right. So Lenny got it right. Lenny correctly guessed who this guy was. So congratulations, Lenny. We will let everyone know that at the end of, uh, you know, when we reveal the answer in just a bit. But before we do that, I want to bring up a couple of new, a couple of other items. Jamal Adams signed with the Seattle Seahawks and they gave its two number one picks for the, to the Jets. It's a high price. Pete Carroll's getting up there. And it's also, there's, they're, they're giving him a bunch of money and he's already proven that he's not necessarily the best locker room presence in terms of the divisiveness, at least with his organization. But at the same time, this is probably, arguably, the best safety in the game. They're, I mean, well, they're all in, clearly. And uh, I, I don't know if anything, if, if, if this, whatever unknowns this season holds had anything to do with them dropping that but uh, kind of money and uh, compensation because I agree with you. It was really stiff uh, compensation, but they uh, they're in the best division in football. Um, Pete Carroll and I joke Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll, I believe is the oldest coach in the NFL, even though he doesn't look anywhere near it. Uh, I'm him day before yesterday and the yeah. entire Carroll family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we wish happy birthday to him. Uh, Again, why? Why, why would we? Why does the whole family get? We do. Well, they've had to put up with Pete for a long time. But, uh, you know, and they've held uh, a decent nucleus of those guys together for a while, and that's breaking up and breaking up. I just think they they kind of figure that they, they can make this move, that this might just push them over the top to get them back to another championship game before they have to maybe more um, more completely rebuild, perhaps. I, I, I don't know as well as uh, some other people as what their cap situation looks like and, and where they look contractually moving forward. But uh, it was a lot to pay. I think, the, I, I think the one thing that we can say, Mark, was no matter how much it was that they gave to the New York Jets, the Jets will in no way parlay that into success. 
Yeah, did you, you do. I got the whole thing. And there's no, they won't. There, there's They're no not. arguing. It doesn't matter what you give the Jets. There's no arguing that point. And it's sad to me because it the is. Jets. I like it, Darnold. It would be a lot of fun to see the Jets do well. It I, really would. Particularly now with, you know, everybody believing that we'll see what happens with the Patriots, that it's a little more open in that division. Um, it would be great to see, but I just, <laughs> I just don't have enough faith in the Jets that they're going to be able to parlay all of that in anything successful. And there's all, you know, listen, Adam Gase is, there are as many people who are willing to go on the record and say bad things about Adam Gase as any coach in the national football league. And, and I, that just does not sit well with me. Um, as, as, as a fan of a team that would not sit well with me because there's a, there's, if, if people are willing to go on the record and criticize to the extent that they have Adam Gase, and a, a lot of people have even talked about how much they really like Gase and what a good football mind he is, but that he's just, he does not have the makeup to be a head coach. Um, and, I, and that Jamal, first year with the Dolphins was pretty good. Jamal, J- but, but it blew up. That team blew yeah. up. And Jamal Adams has a pretty good record of being not a bad guy. I mean, it's just It's really record, the gay but, stuff. He's yeah. been very, very forthcoming about it's, that. It, I, I, I think that he should be given a pass at this point because I do think Gase is the problem. I just don't think he's a good player coach. No, the players players don't care for him, and, he, and there are a lot of coordinators that don't make good coaches, uh, Mark. But the, the other thing uh, about what you said, Mark, was I, I have faith in Seattle as an organization that uh, I, I don't think they would allow him to uh, if he if he if for whatever reason this kind of testy uh, uh, persona that he now has because of the gay stuff uh, if he brought that into the locker room I don't, I don't think the Seahawks locker room would be terribly affected by that they seem pretty pretty mature and pretty uh, pretty well centered with a, with like a with a Russell Wilson as a leader no believe me I'm trying to figure out negatives for this thing. <laughs> no, because you because wanted him in San Francisco. I wanted him so bad, and there were a lot of rumors for yeah. the 49ers that they, they were, were actively involved in that. That they were actually leading yeah. uh, in, in the trade talks that the Niners, and that would have been massively huge because the only weakness really in the in the whole team is the back end of that defense. Yeah. And um, you got someone like that to you know sort of play center field. And also be able to hit people the way he hits people, and and uh, he's only twenty four. Golly Moses, it's it's like they're really, you know. I think they're investing in Adams for the length, you know. So because by the time he starts receding in his talent, about age thirty in like six seven years of safety, you know, that's about the time that Russell Wilson will be thinking about hanging it up too. Right. So uh, they they wanted to get a dominant playmaker, uh, you know, who, who makes a different a difference maker on defense like they he have is on that. offense. He and is um, they're in great shape, if that, you ask me, and it bums me out. That probably factored in a lot, too, to what was given up, because if the 49ers get him, it's over, Johnny, for the Seahawks. So they made, yeah. a, they made a big move to keep themselves relevant yeah. going forward. I mean, that's, you, you know, that, that's interesting, because we talk about the New York Yankees on this uh, uh, broadcast a lot, and generally negatively, because I have this dis- dislike for them as an Orioles fan. But one of the things that they used to be able to do was to get guys because they had more money than everybody else was to be able to bring to bring guys in, not so much to add to their team, but so they didn't add to other teams in their in their division. And Jeff, I think you're absolutely correct, because I think he tips the balance in that division 
uh, depending on who gets them. I think if San Francisco gets them, then they move up. You know, they're even higher on our list of teams that could win it all. And I think Seattle is at this point, too. All I know is I, I'm 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 not terribly optimistic that the NFL can pull off the season. I really hope they do. And if they do, the only games I'm not going to watch on uh, on uh, Red Zone are going to be NFC West games. They're just going to be too interesting. It's going to be a year long soap opera in the NFC West. Really, I think it I think it will. So you're going to well, watch those games. Yeah, I'll watch those watch games. Watch everything else yeah. on the Red Zone. So, you know, that's a good point, Jeff, that it would not it would be less of an interesting division if the Niners got him than it is now. They would dominate that division going forward. Seattle would probably not have a chance to win that division anymore. So I I I, I don't know what happened. I really don't. I haven't read any Niners insider info about this, but I think they were leading and I think Seattle just got some inside in intel and essentially, you know, doubled the offer or certainly extended the offer to make it, you know, something he couldn't refuse, obviously. So it's a 24-year-old best safety in the game. That's a great pickup, and it almost doesn't matter how much it costs, although Joe Connolly has said it's the steal of the year by the Jets. We'll see. Yeah, we'll they'll see. parlay that into a 7-9 and nine record and a useless optimism for the next season. Those first-round picks, they will trade down for both of those. They will acquire another three picks each, so they'll have six picks out of that. And each of those six picks will have an average of uh, 17 games started in the National Football League. They will enter the 2023 draft with 14 picks in the sixth round. It's funny because the, what the, the joke that the Jets' name always gets is that it stands for just in the season. It could actually happen this year. <laughs> it, really, it really could. Yeah, just oh. end the season. All right, let's go back to progressive trivia since we have a winner. Let's see if this one will work. Here we go. All right, we'll go all the way back. First four clues are these. 15-plus seasons. Actually, it's 18. Six different years he led the league in errors for his position. This is nuts. Last 13 years of his career, he hit 330. That's what he that's what he averaged for the last 13 years of his career. That's a remarkable statistic if you ask me. Over 100 wow. at bats in the postseason with an average of 315 plus and he has an actually a much higher average in the World Series. 17 different years was in the top 5 in errors for his position. He played 18. Top 5. MVP winner. Between the ages of 30 and 35, he averaged 12 triples a year and was a 10-plus time gold glove winner. I think it's uh, 12, actually. Which is hard to square with the top five in errors. Yep, totally, totally hard to square. Hall of Famer, won two World Series 11 years apart, hitting 362. That's a great average for two World Series. Second all-time in career putouts for his position and second all-time in career assists for his position because he's an outfielder and he... Threw a lot of guys out on the bases and at home. Second all-time in that. Great arm. Phenomenal arm. This is the great, the great Roberto Clemente. Boy, if you're, if you, if you caught, if you're catching this on the podcast, you missed Mark's flying in with the name since he's having fun with the PowerPoint. That, that thing spun around like three times before he got there. Thank you for the description for yeah. our podcast listeners, Johnny. Just, just, just want them to see that. Yeah, Clemente was well-known because his arm was so good. I mean, he just did have a rifle. But he was known for throwing out guys who take too big a turn around first. Right. You know, they right. take the big turn just to, you know, hey, we're going to we're gonna challenge him, and then he just throw in behind them. 
Um, savage line drive hitter, too. The triple thing should have been a giveaway because he was great on the base paths. He was just good top to bottom as a ball player. I just think the errors is misleading only because he, uh, I guess he was just so aggressive in right field. I guess that's the reason. Because he'd get his glove on some things that other people couldn't because he had such great speed and such great diving ability. And plus, I just don't think there are a lot of errors at that position. There's not. I think he had 11 or 12. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you're playing second or short when, you know, you know, you can be in the top. If you're in the top five, you're it's a huge number of errors. But uh, he's one of the first players that I was uh, aware of because my family in Western Pennsylvania and 71, they played the Orioles in the uh, World Series. And it was just before I was getting into sports. I was seven years old. But, you know, a lot of guys around the neighborhood were wearing Pirates hats at that point in time. And Clemente was kind of the guy. And I think part of it with Clemente is one of the reasons I liked him and I liked like Rod Carew is that they were guys, they were hit for average guys. They weren't, uh, they weren't necessarily yeah. the power hitters. And I think for, you know, for me, when I was a young kid, it was like, I, I really have, I wasn't very strong. And the idea that you could get a lot of hits was a lot more, um, uh, of, of an attainable goal than you were going to be Boog Powell, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he finished with 3,000 exactly. Yeah. Finished with 3,000 hits exactly. I remember seeing a game in Candlestick. I'll never forget this. I tell the story all the time and I'm sitting down the first baseline. So I'm sort of almost equidistant where he is. He's a little behind me in right field, uh, from my point of view, but there was a, there was a hit. There was a hit, uh, that was in the corner that he came right toward the stands, fielded that hit and from the corner of right field, turned and threw it on a dime yeah. to third base and and the runner was out yeah on a dime i'd One never seen anything like it. it it was truly a cannon arm i've always told it's people so accurate i've always told people uh, if you've never been to a major league baseball game that it's not it's not really the hitting and any of that that really ever surprises me it's uh the arms the arms from outfielders and infielders uh, throwing the ball, which is when you see somebody on Clemente's level, and he was one of the best ever, it's remarkable to, to, to even contemplate that he can make some of those plays. You can watch highlights of Clemente today and see where he is and where the runner is and think, no, no way, no chance. And I made the mistake. I did some play by play. You know, announcers mean a lot to me, Mark. Uh, did. I did some, I did you know, some baseball, college baseball play by play. And I made that mistake. I made that mistake a couple of times where I thought a guy couldn't throw somebody out. I said, ah, he's not going to be able to get him. And he did. So I learned a lesson very quickly, but that you've watched a lot of Clemente's plays. It's, uh, it's just so one of the best. Fun. Hey, so the hey, this just broke uh, after meeting with the owners. Rob Manfred said that there's no plan to pause or uh, cancel this season at this time. Yeah, that was the rumor that came out earlier that, that they're taking this as this single event. And as and I don't know that we even because we talked about it a little bit earlier, but it, it could be a bit of an outlier also because it is South Florida. And if somebody well, I said to the point, if somebody broken protocol down there, which is a real hot spot. Um, and I think uh, that that could be the that could be the reason. And I think baseball and I think rightfully so. This is the right move to make at this point in time. To Jeff's point, let's get let's get some more testing and make sure that these are not false positives. And then what? Let's see how the Phillies have tested. Um, it's just the fear would be if this were something that is going to happen, if not on a regular basis, because we're only a week in. Uh, if this were to happen two or three times, and we started having to cancel multiple games for multiple teams. 
A lot of nightmare scenarios out there, but yeah. there's also in interesting responses to these kinds of problems from the other sports. The NFL, you've seen this. They've actually given a list of what it means to break protocol. Right. They've been very specific about that. You go to a bar with more than 15 people. You go, And they're going to fine people. They're, 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 they're putting fines in place. They're, they're going to void entire contracts. In other words, if you're sick on the IR because of COVID, but it's your fault that you got it, then you're not going to get paid. That's it's going to not be hard just to a fine. That's going to be there. That'll, well, that'll be child in litigation with that forever. But but I mean, obviously. I certainly appreciate them because we've we've seen it. We had we had guys break out of the bubble here in, in um, Orlando, uh, and 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 uh, that is considered the best sealed bubble. Though we have to give the NHL credit, north of the border up there, they haven't had any positive tests up to this point, and they're about ready to get underway as well. But yet, Mark, you bring up an outstanding point though with this uh, with the other leagues watching this because college football is getting very, very close. I texted you earlier and said they needed to make this decision yesterday, but they can't because of what's going on. And everybody's watching this really, really closely. Can they contain this if it is indeed 14 people and can they prevent it from spreading beyond that? And do they have it happen again? Because they didn't have the protocol in place for this and the NFL and college football are going to have to be prepared for this sort of thing. And uh, we mentioned the Coast Guard earlier with uh, Alexander Hamilton, who founded the Coast Guard, and a yes. uh, friend of the show, Derek Abbott, who is an assistant coach for the football team. They've canceled their season. Yep. And so a lot of the teams, it's interesting in the Northeast, John, where the cases literally are going down. A yeah. few states where the cases are going down is when they're making those kinds of calls. And I think a lot of it is that they just don't want to, they just don't feel that they're flexible enough to deal with the multiple curveballs that will be coming their way. And, and I, so far, that's, you know, Manfred, what he said about we're not going to cancel the season, I mean, I think that's the only choice they have. They're going to yeah. try and be sure. agile about this and make it work and move on. And, and, I, don't and have, I don't think they have any other choice. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they have any other choice either. And, and like Coast Guard Academy and some of the other schools are kind of forced to uh, cancel their season because some of their opponents we're canceling their season two. And then it, be, it was becoming impossible to actually schedule a season. Um, ACC, I guess, is looking at 10 conference games as the most likely scenario and one out of conference so that you could have, you know, if you are a Georgia Tech, you can play Georgia. Uh, you can uh, if it's it's one of those traditional Florida State can play a Florida if they choose to or Miami. Um but uh, it is we are getting to the point where they have to put forth their protocols. Um, so this the way my Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball handle this is going to have ripple effects. Yep. Throughout the sports world. Speaking of baseball Manfred and Roberto Clemente, I want to do a quick little this day in sports history. And it was actually Saturday. We weren't doing a show on Saturday. So does that work? Does that um, is that forgivable? Yes. Or is it or is it like a Friday revisit. show and it's happening on the weekend? It's ahead of you. Is that more? I think as long amenable? as you get it in in either the show before or after the weekend, you're, you're OK. OK, beautiful. Well, this last is arbitrary. Who cares? Yes, exactly. I don't I, I just I need <laughs> no, that's I need the validation, rule. John. I even that's, need validation there. I, I, need, oh, I know. I know. My gosh. It's just Durka, Durka. 
It's just if you would have if you would have looked up apart without it, if you would have looked up uh, whether or not uh, this was the actual day that this happened, email us and let us know at uh, podcast at AFR podcast AFR at gmail dot com. Wait a minute. That was Saturday. Now, it was on Saturday. Happy birthday yesterday to Mick Jagger. Then if we're allowed to look back 25th. There you go. 77 years old. Yep, Amazing. So on the 25th on Saturday, Mm -hmm. it it was a. uh, the 64th, the 64th anniversary of the only time this has ever happened, a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam. Yes. And it was done by Roberto Clemente. Roberto Clemente. I actually saw, I was looking at timelines, and I actually saw that. It's a great, great uh, statistic. And I saw I saw the footage of it. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Is uh, it worth it? Uh, oh, yeah. My gosh. And, and Clemente is just barreling past the third base coach who's telling him to stop you know <laughs> he's probably calling him bobby because we had that yeah, whole oh, thing he sure. wanted to be called roberto and they called him bobby there's a great audio of that three thousand hit and i think it's the great bob prince and you know announces mean a great deal to me they do uh, who's it, and he's like amount. bobby's sitting on that 2009.99 and it's like you know, clemente would have flipped him off because he always wanted to be called roberto so i'm sure whoever the third base uh, guy was uh coach was is probably slow down bobby and clemente's like yeah <laughs> Not no, no. Said not to call me Bobby. Guess what? Gonna go home. Gonna score. Yeah, gonna so. gonna score. Gonna do the thing that no one else has done in the history of the game before or since. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, inside the park, walk off, grand slam, and then actually on this date in sports history, twenty four years ago, twenty four years ago on this date in Atlanta. Uh, what do you think happened? Is the bombing of Centennial Park? It was. I was there. I actually uh, drove up the night the night of the bombing. Uh, a friend, good friend who lives in Atlanta and worked for Coca-Cola at the time, and he got his tickets to see some bicycle racing at the, at, at the velodrome that they had out in Stone Mountain. We went to see Olympic badminton. And, oh, uh, fun. I love that. It, it, was, it was amazing. Oh, my God. It was so awesome. I and, bet. And then out at uh, old... Uh, the, the old stadium out there, what, what the heck did they call it prior to the Ted um, uh, Fulton County Stadium uh, saw the Aust- launching pad, Australia. Yes, I saw Australia and uh, the U.S. play exhibition baseball it was before baseball. Uh, it wasn't a metal sport that year, but it was an exhibition sport. So I went out there to, to watch that as well. And we drove up the night that it happened. We drove up, went out to, uh, to dinner, had a few beers and went back and we, you know, Went to went to sleep because we were going to get up the next morning. We we're going to go into Centennial Park, and that's what we woke up to that there'd been the bombing. So I remember it well. Yeah, twenty four years ago on this yeah. date, I was a young oh. man full of promise. Yes, yeah, your whole life ahead of you, Johnny. And now I'm just whole a, life ahead of you. I'm yeah. a I'm a Welsh miner staring at the mansions of rest. I don't know if you watched. Did you see the uh, Instagram story today? I don't. I don't understand Instagram. I think you do. You, I you don't. do it enough to get on it enough. I've done it in weeks. Stories every now and then, I, and after further review, story last week. But I won't. But I, when when it comes up that somebody's added to their story, it's confusing to me. That's just confusing. Just press the circle at the upper left. Don't tell me what to do. First of all, I don't take notes. You know, I and don't take you, notes. And yet you've you've acquiesced to all these unilateral decisions. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's either that or Dane Becker takes over the show with you. I know. I know. You know, I do do what I'm told. Yeah. There's lots. There's lots of plans in the works, John. I know. I, I understand. I won't be a part. So, of 
the first the first question I had was, has Mark's life's life decisions um, bettered him? And then it cuts to me going, he, he, he I don't think so. <laughs> and then the next question is, does John has John begun to like people? Have people begun to like John? And then it cuts to he. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, Russ Ayers, one of our loyal listeners, thinks we should uh, trademark. And I told him, if you do it, if you get all of your, your, uh, you know, high connected, wealthy, wealthy associates, neighbors, friends to figure out a way to trademark this, we'll give you half. I said, you know, pending your approval. It'd be my half, I'm assuming. (laughs) I can see where this is coming. And by the way, I'm sure that guy. be your half. I'm sure that guy. Our take. All three of ours take. I'm sure that guy who's preventing the naming of the Washington football team probably already has the uh, trademark on that. So, yeah, sure. exactly. Now, but, do you think he's do you think he's the reason why they had to go with Washington football team? I, listen, I, 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 I said this from the beginning. I don't think that's the reason. I think trying to completely rebrand before <laughs> this season would have been difficult when you talk about what you, you merchandise and everything you have to do. I think basically they probably should have just from the beginning called it the Washington football club or the Washington football team or whatever, and then done what we assume they're going to do, which is rebrand it, rebrand it completely for next uh, season. So I don't, I don't think that's it. I guess there's the possibility that if those names had been, I guess Red Wolves right now is the top of everybody's list. Uh, if that had been available, maybe they would have made the change. Again, I just think logistically, you, you can't in July completely rebrand your team by the by the end of August. I, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, they could have." I just find that. Can I, I agree with? Can I, I roll agree. out a conspiracy theory? Yes, please. Do. I think Dan Snyder thinks this is going to blow over, and he's yes. going to be able to keep the team name. That's not even a conspiracy theory. That yeah. is, there there are people close to Dan Snyder who thinks he thinks he maybe get away with not changing the name. Seriously? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that from not tinfoil hat, not Alex Jones tinfoil hat people. I mean, people who have sources and that he is still, this was something he was never going to do. And I think we all agree. I mean, without this social movement, I don't think he would have moved on it ever. So maybe a year from now, yeah. After a year of the Washington football team, people have forgotten about everything. That's Maybe. Uh, remember that it, it was a big talking point, I think, in 2013, 2012. Yeah. So seven, eight years ago. Yeah. So it has a seven or eight year cycle of I being see. a huge talking point. I, I don't think I don't think he's going to be can't able to imagine. I don't think he's going to be able to wait it out. But he may be trying. He may try. But I don't think he's going to be able to do it. And I also think you can keep two th- things in your head at the same time, which is that he would like to do that. And he also needs more, more time if he's going to completely rebrand everything. And again, in the end, it depends on the FedExes of the world, the UPSs of the world. It depends on these huge corporate sponsors if mm-hmm. they're going to continue to be on that because there has been a serious reaction obviously in corporate America to the black lives matter movement, to all this systemic uh, racism talk. Mm-hmm. There's been a, there's been a, some was, uh, some would argue a pretty knee jerk reaction to corporate America and to other entities out there, making sure they get in front of this and making sure that they are uh, perceived as non ra- uh, not, not supporting systemic racism, which, you know, but the way they do it is by doing these kinds of getting in front, putting signs out about black lives matter, about any sort of policies that, you know, that have to, that could be possibly perceived as um, appropriating another culture. 
yeah. all of that. They have gotten well out and have. And, you know, if indeed these people are right, that this is just knee jerk reaction of corporate America trying to cover their butts, that once they don't have that need anymore and it's not front and center and the elections happened and people have settled down and hopefully who knows. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, that would really, I wouldn't, I would not know what to do. I don't think happened. again, I, I just don't think there's any chance that he'd be able to pull it off, but uh, it does not surprise me that it's uh, it's, it's entered into the thought process right. from everything that we've seen. Well, we'll see. I think we they're going to be, I think they're going to be the Red Wolves. We might be in a war with China at that point in time, so no one will care. Yeah, fair enough. Easily, you know, in the South China Sea doing doing some sort of, you know, Biden war. Nickel. Yeah. <laughs> South China Sea. Biden oh, nickel. Boy, Biden so, nickel. so let's talk about the South China. Does the South China Sea come up at all in your 1941? I don't believe the South China Sea will come into other than just basic discussions about a uh, little basic background on where we are in the timeline of the Second World War um, by uh, New Year's Day, 1941. Um, people call it the last full year of peace. Of course, it wasn't a full year, uh, 24 days short. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll talk a little about what's, go- what's going on uh, in the rest of the world and uh, right. how, how it affected sports that year. Because it did have, uh, did have an effect. We did have guys, superstars, who had to go into the military because there was a peacetime draft at that point had been reinstituted. And uh, there were superstars that had to go yeah. uh, and lose their season. But and, no one lost their season in 41. Superstars, yes, they? yes, they did, actually. Yes. Really? One of the biggest. Really? One of the biggest. So let me ask you this, then, getting back to that point. We talked about Joe DiMaggio earlier. You said he, and I alleged or assumed he had a starring, has a starring role, obviously, in 1941, sure. obviously. Yeah. So with that in mind, who are your, who's your, another parlor game, John? Who's your Mount Rushmore of the stars of your 1941 deep dive if DiMaggio is um, one of them yep Williams obviously Williams uh and then who else Joe Lewis and I believe whirl away that's the horse that won the triple crown that year because remember boxing baseball and horse racing were the three biggest sports in America that year and we had a triple crown winner in 41 as right. well baseball well we had a, a triple crown winner in horse racing whirl away was won oh. the triple crown yeah that's, Didn't we have a triple crown winner in baseball too, or not? Well, I'm not. We're not giving everything away. Well, I mean, again, it's a pretty basic stat that people could just look up right now. Well, let them do that then. I'm doing plenty of work. So, here's so. All right, fair enough. So we'll find out if the uh, 1941 baseball season had a triple crown winner as we well will. as we also do know that the world of horse racing had a triple crown winner. So it should be a lot of fun. All right, the NFL the gets the NFL gets their first true commissioner in 1941. That's something that we'll talk about, and it's someone that I'm actually related to. So that makes it that makes it even even more fun. So you would have a horse as one of your Mount Rushmore for, for the 1941 season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I okay. know that makes you angry. Cause I, I go back to the greatest athletes of the 20th century. And when secretariat made the list, you were apoplectic. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You I were, love, you were I love so angry. <laughs> you said that stupid flea bitten animal should be glue by the morning. And I pointed out that secretariat was already dead. And uh, you said and, good. And blue for, yeah. You said good. Hope he's Again. holding up that. Hope he's holding I, up that poster over there. 
loved Secretariat at the time, loved him, L- followed his post-racing career as well. Did you? I did. From a farm up there in Ocala. He's, for, he's from uh, near here. <laughs> had, a, so, yeah. had a pretty so, darn good life the, uh, following his Triple Crown win. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, the Triple Crown. Whirl away. Whirl away. But when you have a Triple Crown winner, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's a relatively uncommon thing. So that was part of the 1941 the All 41 right. season. The Billy Kahn, Joe Lewis fight is another one. Look that one up, people, because we're going to be, there'll be a quiz. So Joe Lewis, Whirl Away, Joe DiMaggio, and Ted Williams. Yeah. On your Mount Rushmore for 1941. That comes up this Friday. Can't wait. Jeff, what's your week going to be like before we get together again on Friday for the deep dive? Just a lot more goodness. I'm going to keep loving life, enjoying every moment. A lot more greatness. A yeah. lot more good and greatness for Jeff Taylor. All right. Good for him. I agree. I agree. We may have to we may have you may have to bottle that up, sell that to to people when they get a little uh flummoxed. I I've been flummoxed sort of my whole life. It's in the middle. You don't, you don't know Harry Callas from Harry Carey. I thought that was a normal mistake. Harry Callas and Harry Carey. I mean, come on now. Okay. I couldn't tell them apart. I couldn't tell them. who's really? is that Harry Callas or is that Harry Carey? You, you you could tell them apart. It's a I mistake. Could, I could tell the actual people apart, obviously, but in terms of the name, is that Carrie or is that Callis? Who's? It just doesn't seem like it should be this difficult. <laughs> it was it, for years. It was because wow. I wasn't because the announcers didn't mean as much to me, John, as they do you. We've got, we've come full circle on this. <laughs> All right, there it is. And with that, we'll call it uh, we'll call it a day. After further review, for Jeff Taylor, for John Pelkey. I'm Mark Ferreira. You've been listening to uh, episode, I think, 47. After further review, stay safe, folks, and we'll talk to you on Friday. Deep Dive 5. <laughs>